Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant, turned boutique owner, turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Hello, and welcome back to the Boost Your Boutique podcast. This is not your normal host, Emily Benson, but if you've been listening to the Booster Boutique podcast for a little while, you may recognize my voice. This is Andrea Kenny. I am Emily's director of operations, her brand manager, her right-hand woman, doer of all of the things, and I have been a guest on the podcast a few times. I also coach in some of her programs, and I'm actually going to be filling in for her this week because unfortunately... She has lost her voice, so we were unable to record a normal podcast for you this week with her. I am going to be filling in for her this week, so we have kind of an exciting episode for you, and I am going to give you a little sneak peek into what it's like to be a part of some of the courses and programs that Emily runs as part of Boutique Training Academy And uh, also really excited to let you guys know that we actually are open for all three of her programs right now, Boutique Basics Bootcamp, Six Figure Boutique Blueprint, and High Vibe Boutique Mastermind are all open currently now through this upcoming Friday, January 21st. We close the doors to all three, uh, depending on which one. Uh, Mastermind will close for the rest of the year. We will run Boutique Basics Bootcamp and Six Figure at different points, but this is your first opportunity this year to really start the year off with some support. And something we're really excited about as we start off 2022 is, um, if you weren't aware, Emily recently uh, was on maternity leave. She gave birth to a beautiful baby girl in November. And as part of her maternity leave, you've been in this community for a while. You know that Emily loves this work. She loves her community. And it really sat on her over the last couple of months how she can continue to serve and develop her courses to really serve this community. And we've always talked about her courses in this start, grow, scale framework because that's really how you build a business. So what she decided to do this year in 2022 is really apply that start, grow, scale framework to her courses and really dig a little bit deeper into what that looks like at each of the levels. We have a lot of boutique owners in our inbox on our social media platforms coming to us and using the phrase, what do we need to do to grow our boutique? And we really hesitate to use that word grow because it's really vague. And that's why we really developed the whole Start Grow Scale framework to help define where you are kind of on the path to defining your success. And so I'm going to break that down for you guys here. So start, we really define as a boutique business that's just starting out. So brand new, maybe it's just like a little spark in your mind. It's, you're just starting that seed. You've been thinking about starting boutique uh, all the way up to making up to $3,000 in sales per month. That grow is where we define as a boutique business that is making anywhere from $3,000 all the way up to $20,000 in sales per month on a consistent basis. And then our scale is what we define as a boutique business that is making $25,000 or more in sales per month consistently. 
So each of these levels, what we see is very specific challenges. And it's one of the reasons that we don't really mix levels and courses because you just don't have the same problems at $3,000 a month that you do at $25,000 a month, right? So some of the examples that we've been kind of sharing over the past couple of weeks as we've been launching these courses is the idea of competition. So like at the start level, you might be concerned that the boutique industry in your town or your city is oversaturated with people doing what you want to do and you worry about it a lot. Like it's you know, keeping you from starting or it's keeping you up at night. At that grow level, you found out that someone is actually copying you or a customer is opening a store down the street and it might bother you and it might keep you up a few nights and it's very valid for it to upset you, but you get over it and you move on. And at that scale level, people are watching you like a hawk, but you don't give a crap. You're going to keep doing you and you block the competition out. See the difference? If we're talking about support, then this looks really different too, depending on the level. You might need support for things at home. Maybe you need help with the business. I I mean, probably you need both. Last year, Boutique Training Academy consulted boutiques for over 200 hours. And that might not seem a lot, but that was just Emily's one-on-one calls. And she took two months off the end of the year when she had her baby. The support that she provides was not really the same from person to person, but All the support landed those boutique owners in a completely different place from the beginning of the year to the end. Some of the things that we got in our inbox at the end of the year, remember something specifically coming in that um, one of our clients, Samantha and Sarah Cupcake Couture, you may have heard them on the podcast, hit $1 million at 3 p.m. on 1216, which was such a huge goal of theirs. They wanted to hit it by the end and they hit it before the end of the year, which was so exciting. So if you are looking for support in your boutique business this year, you are in luck. We have all three programs available that are open for enrollment currently. So no matter where you are on that Start, Grow, Scale framework, we have a program that's open for you. Head on over to either BoutiqueBasicsBootCamp.com, SixFigureBoutiqueBlueprint.com, or BoutiqueMastermind.com and check out those three programs. Mastermind is an application process, so get your application in as soon as possible so we can get you on the phone with Emily. All right, and now for today's episode, we have something really special. This is a little bit of a sneak peek into some of the support that you get as part of Boutique Basics Bootcamp and Six Figure Boutique Blueprint. The Mastermind, you get a lot more than this. Um, This is just a small snippet of a training that I actually did for um, our BBB and SFBB groups back in December. Um, This is just a small fraction of the call. I didn't want to include anybody's personal information, so we took all of that out. But this was a training that I did on a topic that I actually saw a lot of our students looking for a little bit more advice on. They were looking to either redo their sites or they were about to launch their sites and were looking for advice on what exactly to do when they were starting their e-commerce sites. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Emily should be back in two weeks and we will see you guys then. I really want to talk to you guys about how to make your 
websites and your shopping experience the best that it can possibly be for your consumers because when it's the best for your consumers that's really what's going to make your site functional and shoppable and increase sales what i've kind of seen across the board and i've seen this in the tribe i've seen this in bbb i've seen this in sfbb is a lot of people are either just starting their websites or they're looking to redo their websites and they've either hired somebody to do it to start and they're like, I'm not happy with it. I need something new. I don't like how it functions or they're completely overwhelmed with the process of setting it up. For me, I'm like, oh, you just, you start a website, but I forget that that's how my brain works. I love setting up websites. I love the design aspect of it. That's how my brain works. That's where my brain goes. There are things that you guys do that I'd be like, "Mm -mm, nope, that's not for me. I can't do that. That's completely overwhelming. But what I wanted to talk to you guys about and how I do my website audits and actually what kind of inspired me to talk about this is when I look at websites and I do anybody's audit is my eyes immediately go as a shopper. I look at your website as if I'm actually going to purchase something and the things that I would be looking for as far as, oh, this looks really nice. The functionality, is it easy to shop your site? And is everything described in a way that's going to make me feel comfortable purchasing it because, you know, as we've moved into this world of so much more online shopping, and as I've done a little bit of in-store shopping this season, I'm like, whoa. And I understand there's a whole, you know, supply chain issue and stores aren't getting a lot in-store. I know they're probably putting it more in their warehouses because online shopping's upticked, you know, the whole deal, but you really see the impact that online shopping has made in the last year and a half. But it's really important that as we've moved more into that space, that we take responsibility for how we really describe our products because our, our customers aren't able to physically feel or try on or be there in person to see the item. So it's our responsibility as boutique owners to make sure that they can, you know, what we're showing them translates. And it's it's difficult to do that in words sometimes, um, which is why sometimes live video really helps, which is why live sales really help. Um, but having those descriptions and things like that on the site be really clear and concise um, and accurate is incredibly helpful for online consumers because in the end, it's going to save you money and returns, uh, dealing with exchanges, everything like that. So what we're going to talk about today in this journey is going to be about setting your sign up or redesigning your site with consumer eyes. So kind of putting those consumer glasses on and we're going to talk about it based on functionality, aesthetic, and then just basically, you know, being clear and concise. So two things that I like to, especially with anybody who's just starting a site or considering setting up a website, I tell them to do two things. I say, go to your favorite websites, especially boutiques, retail, depending on, you know, what industry they're going into, go to your top, like three to five, spend, you know, an hour to 45 minutes on those sites. And I want you to write down all of the things that you love about that site. Like, whether you like the colors, whether you like the layout, whether you like the sizing of the photos, the how the menu looks, write down everything that you like about the site. And then I want you to go and I want you to write down everything that you don't like about the site. So make two columns. And I want you to do that on three to five sites. Then I want you to take those three to five sites and I want you to compile basically a condensed list of all of those things. And those are the things that you're going to use to help you build your own site. 
So that way, you know exactly what you like about those. You know, they could be really large, say they could be Nordstrom, they could be um, Abercrombie, they could be, you know, really large retailers, or they could be smaller boutiques that you admire. But taking those things that you really like about those sites and using them and implementing them as you build out yours. Now, you may not know how to necessarily implement them uh, because it may have been, you know, Nordstrom, they have a whole web design team behind them, but you can definitely implement certain elements or make it a appear that way. And there's themes, whether you're using Wix, whether you're using Shopify, whether you're using comments sold to get that similar look, definitely write down things that you like and things that you don't like, because it's going to be much easier to go in, especially when you're either redesigning or starting from scratch, rather than going in being like, I have no idea what I want, what I don't want. So do a little bit of research beforehand, do your R&D, your research and development, have an idea of what you want, have an idea of your colors, kind of start with a plan. I'm a big planner. I know some people just like to fly by the seat of their their pants, but with a website, it's much easier to kind of start with, all right, I know what I want this website to look like. I know what I like in a website. Let's just start there. Let's go from a baseline. Now, if you're using Shopify, and I know I'm trying to stay away from Shopify, but if you're using Shopify and again, Wix and other e-commerce websites have themes that you can choose from when you're choosing a theme and a lot of them have free themes. Look for those elements that you liked in the websites that you're browsing in those themes. So if you liked the way um, a banner looked, or if you like the size of a photo, look for that in those themes. And if you're not finding it in those free themes, you may want to look towards a paid theme and they range anywhere. I think I've seen them from like 150 up to $200. And I believe it's a one-time flat fee that you pay to own that theme. And they come with like all sorts of like little things that you can tweak. And again, you don't have to hire a designer. That's the other thing I see people talk about is that I'm just going to hire a designer and pay them thousands of dollars. You can hundred percent do this on your own. That's what I love about these, these e-commerce sites is they come with pre-built themes that really it's plug and play and you just can tweak things. People get really kind of worked up in this whole, like everything has to be perfect. Everything has to look a certain way. Really, you just need it to be set up so that a consumer can shop and they can shop well with no hitches. So again, everything I'm talking about today will apply to brand new to building a site or somebody that already has an established site that's maybe looking to tweak things a little bit. I've been working with a couple of different boutiques in the last couple of months that have existing websites that are just looking for a refresh or you know, they started with their website and they were like, I'm just going to put this up. It's done. You know, done is better than perfect. And now they're looking to kind of tweak things and make it a little bit more shoppable. So let's talk number one, and this is the first thing that you should always think about. And I know it's kind of, it seems backwards. Most people think aesthetic. I think we're in the world today where everything's about how good something looks. And that's thanks to social media. That's just the world we're living in. It's all about the aesthetic. It's how it looks. It's how pretty it is. But I really want you guys to focus more on the functionality because something could be really pretty. But if you can't shop it or if you can't find something, then you're going to lose customers. If you can't check out easily, you're going to lose customers. So I really want you to focus more on the functionality of the site, how your menu looks, how your categories are set up, how things are tagged on the back end so that it's easy to shop. I really want you guys to focus more on the functionality of the site as opposed to all these pretty pop-ups and graphics and things like that. Functionality over aesthetic, a hundred percent. That's why I put aesthetic as number two. That should really be, actually, it really should be number three 
I love things to look pretty. I think I have a pretty good eye for things that look nice, but overall, I really want sites to be, if things aren't functional, that's like the number one thing I pick up on. And that's the number one thing in an audit that I will kind of call out is if a site's not easy to shop or check out. So making sure that your site is functional. I see a lot of times there is a menu that is really hard to shop or too many categories. Really keep it simple. If you're just starting out, keep it simple. Keep your category simple, tops, bottoms, dresses. If you're a little more established and you have quite a bit of, you know, maybe you have um, anywhere from like 15 to 20 sweaters and you have 15 to 20 you know, short sleeve shirts, that's when you kind of want to break it down. Instead of just having one category of tops, make it easier for your customers to shop by breaking it down into short sleeve sweaters, tank tops, things like that. So um, again, making sure it's functional for your consumer and it's easy for them to find items. Always making sure you have things like a new arrivals tab, keeping that new arrivals tab up to date. That is one of my biggest pet peeves is new arrivals tabs that are completely out to date or aren't sorted correctly. If you've got seven pages of new arrivals, unless you are actually launching that many things, make sure your new arrivals tab, it probably shouldn't be more than three pages. So just keep that up to date. Again, it keeps things, especially if you're showing things on social media, that's where your customers most likely are going to go first is your new arrivals tab. So making sure that that's what's kept up to date and what's looking the cleanest. Don't necessarily get wrapped up in the apps and the add-ons, especially out of the game. I think with apps, and I did a whole training on this, it's in both BBB and SFBB. I gave like my top, I think 11 apps that I think are really great. I think people get really consumed in the apps. And while I think apps are great, not, you know, crapping on apps or anything like that. But I think right out of the gate, people are like, what apps do I absolutely need to have? Really? Honestly, I don't think you need any other than making sure that you have an email marketing tool, whether that's MailChimp, Clavio, um, using the Shopify app, just making sure that you have a way to uh, reach your customers. Apps are really there to solve problems that start to pop up along the way or to assist you in promoting something, I guess, you know, whether that's like adding a pop-up or if you have, you know, multiple colors in a particular top and your theme doesn't support, you know, previewing those colors. So don't get too hung up on adding all the apps right out of the gate. Really use it as a, I have a problem that I need to have solved. Let me see if there's an app for that. I see people get like very worked up about the apps and like spending money on app. Don't focus too, too much on the apps and go and check out that training if you haven't already, because there's some really good ones in there that aren't incredibly expensive, but they make a huge difference once you're at that point in, in your website. The second thing I would talk about is being clear and concise on your website. And this is more talking about the language that you're using. So making sure that your return policy is like airtight, making sure that there's no holes that can be poked in it. I've seen this unfortunately happen to a lot of my clients who I've started working with, you know, that get a lot of pushback and, you know, the customer is not always right. I've heard that I worked in customer service for a long time and the customer is not always right, especially if you have an airtight policy that is posted very clearly on your website that you can refer them back to. You know, there are obviously as a business owner, you have the right to, you know, make exceptions to the rule, but that is up to you. So if you have something in black and white that when they purchase, 
it is on your website. Make sure if it's a final sale that you put that on the item. So just make sure that your uh, language that you're using is posted very clearly and it's in a place easy to find. I find that a lot of times um, boutiques will kind of hide the return policy away. They'll put it in the footer, put it at the top. That way there's no question where, you know, the customer comes back and be like, well, I didn't see that. It's all the way at the bottom of the page. If it's at the top, you know, you put like an FAQ return policy, put it right at the top. Can't be missed. Descriptions, descriptions, descriptions are so important. If you're going to spend time on anything on your website, I would really spend time on descriptions of your product. What's nice about a lot of vendors and especially with like fashion go and things like that, they're already going to have a description when you're purchasing. Some of them may, the English may be a little off if it, especially if it's coming from overseas. Um, So you may have to tweak it a little bit, but they're going to at least have the, um, like the percentage of what the garment is made out of. Include that in the description. That does matter. Sizing matters, especially if it runs true to size, if it runs a little small, If you have a model, which you should have a model, you should be in the clothes. We can do a whole other, I've talked about this a million times, but you should be in the clothes or you should have a model in the clothes, no stock photos. Have your model sizing in the description so people know what size your model's wearing. So what height they are and then what size they're wearing. So for reference, so make, make it make sense to them, make it so that it can come to life a little bit. Again, they're not able to physically feel that item. They're not able to try it on. So make it as descriptive as possible so that they feel comfortable purchasing that item, especially if you have a really strict return policy or it's, you know, um, exchange only or store credit only where they're not going to get their money back. You want to make sure that you're accurately describing your product. You don't want to get stuck in like a chargeback situation where the customer's claiming like, well, they didn't describe the product that I received accurately, you know, and here's why you do not want to get into that situation. So make sure that you are doing your very best to describe the product. Take the time to do it. I know it's a, a little bit of an extra step. Um, and especially if you are a larger boutique and you're getting a lot of these things. And I see a lot of boutiques that are both brick and mortar and online. And I see them trying to run the businesses together, the online and the brick and mortar. Um, and it almost has to be run separately with the same inventory. It's almost like you need an online boutique manager and an in-store boutique manager because there's a lot of nuances. You know, the online boutique industry, you have to take photos, um, you have to keep up with the descriptions, there's there's a lot that has to be managed. So just making sure your descriptions are really good being clear and concise. Again, it's not that I'm saying descriptions are easy to write, they're really, really difficult, but do your very best. There is an app that you can plug in like certain keywords about the item and it will spit something out for you. It's like a copywriting. But if you have someone on your team that you know, really likes to write, or if you have like a friend that you know, you can barter, for maybe some free clothes or barter for babysitting hours or something like that, that may be a really good opportunity to do that. But I would really recommend investing some time or um, some resources into writing really good product descriptions. And then the last is the aesthetic. And I'm going to put that last because again, the functionality being clear and concise, and then how your website actually looks like logo wise and colors and Um, how it's actually presented is important too. I'm going to drop in the aesthetic look, you know, product sizing and making sure all your pictures look the same as far as their cropping goes. But there is a resizing tool within Shopify itself when you go into like the image editor. So you can actually make all of the photos the same size. You just have to be careful with 
I mean, it kind of depends on with jeans and usually accessories and things, things like that. But if you're shooting on like an iPhone, everything's going to be, if you're shooting in landscape, it's pretty much all going to be the same size. But when you crop, just be careful. Again, aesthetics is to me is third. It is important, which is why I'm talking about it. But as a consumer, when I go to shop on a site, to me, simple is better. As long as the site is clean, it's easy to use, it's easy to browse, it's easy for me to find things, especially if I see something. There's nothing that drives me crazier than when I see an ad or a shop sharing something and I go to like find that item and I cannot find it on their website at all because either you know, what they're describing in the picture isn't tagged properly on their site or, you know, they don't have that item anymore. And then an update to add that, that's a lost sale for them because I was very interested in that item, but it's too hard for me to find. So when you are either thinking about redoing your site, or if you're just building your site, think about it as if you were someone coming to your site to shop, what would you want to shop and kind of take, take that approach to it, as opposed to it's kind of taking the business owner out of it and putting the consumer back into it. And once you kind of take that step towards it, I think it's a little bit easier. And also making sure, this is a little bit of a side note, making sure that because so so many of us, what do we do? We shop on these. Making sure that your site also looks as good on mobile as it does on desktop. Obviously, you don't want to be designing your website on your phone because, or even inputting product on your phone. Um, One of my clients uh, is a jewelry designer and she does a lot of her inputting on her phone because she's in her jewelry studio and she makes something and she uploads it and she types into her phone. And then I have to go in like, you know, after I see her upload something because there's so many misspellings because she's doing this, but, you know, inputting things on a larger screen, even if it's an iPad, but on a larger screen, just making sure that it's also compatible on mobile because we could talk about apps another day too. Should you do an app? Should you not do an app? But a lot of us shop on our phones now. So making sure that your site looks just as good on a mobile phone as it does shopping on a desktop. Because that's, I mean, let's be honest, we're all glued to our phones uh, most of the time. Anyway, so that's pretty much my spiel on setting your website up as a consumer. If you liked what you've heard today, don't forget to rate and review this podcast so more amazing boutique owners just like you can find it. Hopefully I will see you in my other spaces and places on the internet, whether that is my YouTube channel on Facebook or on Instagram. I hope to see you somewhere else. Say hello when you see me there and I'll see you next week.